Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. I'm a Georgia Tech grad and a Louisville fan. He is Mike McDaniel. He's a Virginia Tech grad and a Notre Dame fan. Mike, first question, are you ready to talk about the entire dang ACC conference tonight? I think the better question is how many of our predictions are we going to get wrong? The answer is zero. We will be completely and totally right, as we always are. Because this is the, the basketball freaking conference podcast, and we we know exactly what we are talking about with this completely and totally predictable conference that is the ACC. As long as some of our picks don't turn into the Go ACC moment of the year or the Brian Van Gorder You Tried Award, as long as our picks don't turn into that, I think we'll be in pretty good shape. It is about that time, and uh, we are taking notes on what these picks are just so that in case there is a need to make those the Brian Van Gorder you tried award of the year, uh, we've got that on record, so we will keep up with that. But, Mike, I want to start, first of all, we're going to get into what we think is going to happen large-scale in the conference and who our picks for each division and the conference as a whole and the player of the year and all that is. But I want to start talking about a surprise team. So... Let's say that we're three months from now. We're in you know late November, early December, and we're talking about a team that has just won the ACC. And relative to right now, you're just like, I can't believe that this has happened. Realistically, who is that team that has jumped up and won the conference? All right, I'll give you one from... Okay, so let me give you division winners first. Like a team that nobody's really... I don't want to say giving any credit to or you know giving any love to but you know a couple teams that I'd be surprised winning each division Um, the one out of the Atlantic is obvious to me it's NC State Uh, as talented a front seven as there is in the entire conference you're returning a quarterback in Ryan Finley who looked very good last year transferring in from Boise State Uh, you have skill position players like a Jalen Samuels um, who can who can come in and, and play well and, and do a little bit of everything on the field for you. So you have versatility on offense. A proven quarterback, Eli Drinkwitz, the offensive coordinator, is obviously in the fold and, and a defense that should be very good. The cons of this whole thing for NC State is you have to face Florida State and Louisville and Clemson and Notre Dame. So that's why you quickly dismiss them from the conversation in the Atlantic, at least that's why so many have. Um, So I think NC State would be the one team that has the talent to be there to compete with these teams in the Atlantic, but I think ultimately we'd be really surprised if they were the team sitting at the top towards the end of the year, especially with all the hype given to Florida State and Miami, and for good reason. Uh, In the Coastal, the one team I think could make some noise that nobody's really talking about is Pittsburgh. 
I'm not a big believer in Pittsburgh this year personally, but I could see how someone might portray them as a team that could really make some noise in the Coastal. Um, so you got a lot of your playmakers returning on offense. You don't have Peterman or James Conner, but the running back position, you do have Caudry Allison returning. He was a 1,000-yard rusher two years ago as a true freshman. You have Max Brown transferring in from USC. If he pans out and he becomes the player that most people thought he would be when he was being recruited at USC, they have a really solid quarterback stepping in. And then on the defensive side of the football, you lose some talent there, but this is a Pittsburgh defense that I think a lot of people were expecting to be a really strong unit when Pat Narduzzi came in um, after the defenses he led as a coordinator at Michigan State. He comes in as the head coach. Pittsburgh's defenses have disappointed, but all it really takes for Pittsburgh, and easier said than done, is to have a defense actually perform up to par and up to standard. The one interesting thing about Pittsburgh is they have all those suspensions impacting both the offensive and defensive side of the ball for easily the first quarter of the season at the very least, and uh, th- that's what's going to make it a little bit more difficult when you don't have a guy like Jordan Whitehead on the defensive side of the ball who does everything that, that he does for them in the secondary. Probably one of the best players on the team, Jim Hammett, when we did the Pittsburgh preview, talked about how impactful that loss is. So, you know, it would be a surprise to see them standing atop the Coastal, but the Coastal Division is so wide open that, you know, why not pick a team like Pittsburgh if you're looking for a dark horse? So I think Pittsburgh and NC State, one from each division, and I guess a conference winner, I think NC State is going to be better than Pittsburgh. So I guess in the hypothetical matchup of two teams that aren't supposed to be there, I'll take NC State to win the to win the conference. But um, yeah, those are two teams out of each division. I agree that both of those have a chance to do something you know pretty big this year and surprise some people. NC State in particular, I think that they have a very real chance to be like an upgraded version of 2015 Boston College, where Boston College that year had like a top three defense and like a bottom five offense. If, if NC State's defensive talent and experience and all that come to fruition and turn into what they really could be, and then they put just like a top 50 offense on the field, like that will be a very, very dangerous talented you know a a team that can do a lot of damage in the ACC and nationally whether that comes to fruition or not you know we will have to see and and it's hard to um it's hard to say that it certainly will but I, I think NC State has some sort of chance of jumping up and winning the Atlantic and really winning the entire conference uh from the coastal I think Pitt's a good pick I'm gonna maybe go a little homer here and say Georgia Tech I think there's a chance that this team is not getting as much credit at the moment as it maybe deserves and could deserve by the end of the year. Um, they lost Dedrick Mills preseason all ACC running back, or, you know, here about a week and a half ago. But realistically, this team has always been a, a pretty consistent performer. You never totally know what to get get from them um, defensively. They bring so much talent back uh, around the the a backs, wide receivers, and the offensive line. They bring a lot of guys back, so there's there's a lot of pieces in place there that. They were picked third in the Coastal. I think they could jump up and maybe win the division. But ultimately, if, if I had to pick a team to surprise us all and win the, the conference as a whole, I'm probably going with NC State. I think the Wolfpack have the pieces in place. It's more a matter of can they put it all together and, and win some of those tough games like you mentioned. They've got Florida State, Clemson, Louisville, and Notre Dame. I think you got to win at least two of those to even give yourself a chance to win the entire conference. So that's a tough road ahead, but I think NC State has the ability to do it. Next question, not including Notre Dame, over under 10 and a half bolt teams. Over ooh. under 10 and a half. Uh, ooh, 10 and a half. So 
as I've been recording all of the picks that we've made with all these teams that we've previewed, I have... That way we can go back and talk about how we were right at the end of the year. This is correct, yeah. So the, the, the point is to show exactly how right and knowledgeable we all are about this very predictable conference. Um, right now, I have 13 out of 14 ACC teams making a bowl game, and that's I think that's a pretty reasonable prediction um, that basically the entire ACC is playing in... in postseason play sorry virginia but um realistically i think that number actually ends up closer to maybe like 11 and i think that's what it was last year i don't know if i can really just confidently say the same about this year given what the acc has to replace and everything like that maybe there's a little bit of a a a coming back towards the median type of thing from last year that maybe rises some of the the lower you know, lower rising, you know, ships. I don't know. I think I'm going to take the over tentatively thinking it's going to be like 11 teams, but I mean, that's a lot. So if, if it hits under, I, I would not be surprised even a little bit. And I really wouldn't feel good about betting the over at all. Yeah. I'm taking the under here and this is, uh, okay. So looking at my preseason picks, I had 10 teams going to a bowl game. Um, one of those teams was Boston College, which I feel shaky about, and one of my teams going five and seven. In fact, two of the teams going five and seven were Syracuse and Wake Forest. So they could easily be right there in the mix at the end of the year if you know a win or two ends up going their way that I didn't expect. So it could easily go over. I'm pretty confident that it'll be less than eleven. <laughs> um last year I think was kind of an aberration um, that doesn't mean that you know the ACC isn't a great football conference I, I think it is and I, I think it's going to be a great football conference for a long time just because of the way these coaches are recruiting but I think this conference is due for a step back there's so much loss of quarterback talent at least proven quarterback talent from last year that I think it's only logical that uh, you know teams as a whole take us a little bit of a step back um whether or not that means they don't reach six wins is a completely different discussion um but yeah i'm gonna go under ten and a half i i think nine to ten is probably the sweet spot i would not be surprised if there were more if there were more it means a lot of the quarterbacks ended up panning out and there were not a lot of quarterback controversies mid-season um, it also means that maybe there weren't that many injuries, which is always a good thing. We don't want these guys getting hurt. So I'm going to go under just because I think 9 to 10 is probably the sweet spot. But if it hits 11 or 12, I, I think 12 is probably on the high end. But I think if it hits 11, I wouldn't be that surprised. I mean, realistically, the difference in 9 teams making a bowl and 11 teams making a bowl is how the bottom end per- performs against non-conference teams. Yeah. Um And that that was the big difference last year was you had teams like Boston College and Wake Forest and such that were able to get themselves over the hump by winning big against uh, non-conference opponents. I don't know if that's maybe a realistic expectation that they'll do that year after year. But at the same time, I mean, maybe if you look at each individual team and what they could do against out-of-conference teams, again... I picked 13 teams to go at least five and seven in this conference, Mike. And, and so granted Boston college, Duke and Syracuse all at five and seven, I had them going to APR bowls, but still, I mean, there's some chance that five and seven gets you to a bowl game. And so, um, 
I, I mean, that's that's the day and age that we live in, and and I think it's a very good possibility given the schedules that some of those teams face, especially when you look at the out of conference, uh, the, the out of conference slate that they're going to have to face. Mike, let's move on. Division champions. All right, let's talk about our division. My Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, your Virginia Tech Hokies. The Coastal Division, who do you have winning the whole thing in that division and going and representing the group in Charlotte? Uh, I have Virginia Tech winning the Coastal. Um, I'm going to sound like a homer, but in a, in a division where we don't know really anything about the quarterbacks or the offenses, I'm talking like offensive lines spe- uh, specifically, like Georgia Tech's offensive line should probably be pretty pretty okay. I mean, they have some returning players there. Virginia Tech's missing an entire side of entire right side of the offensive line is gone. Um, Miami's offensive line, they have some moving pieces there and they're replacing a quarterback. There are a lot of questions on offense. I understand why the pick and the trendy pick in the coastal at least is Miami. I get it because they have Mark Walton at running back, Amon Richards at receiver. They have a lot of really good playmakers on the offensive side of the ball, and they have playmakers on defense. But I think Virginia Tech has the best overall defense in the division, for better or for worse. I'm going to pick them to figure it out, because Justin Fuente, as long as he's been an offensive coordinator and a head coach, he hasn't had a bad quarterback. Josh Jackson almost beat out Gerard Evans for his starting quarterback job last year, which means there's talent there. Whether or not it pans out on the field remains to be seen. He's never taken a college snap in a game. So that's the uncertainty you're dealing with in the Coastal Division this year. Miami has the least amount of question marks on the offensive side of the ball. That's why they're the trendy pick. I'm going to side with the defense and the fact that I am a Virginia Tech alum and be a little bit of a homer and pick the Hokies here in a division with so many question marks. Totally understandable. I I am a little tempted to take the Hokies myself, but I'm not going to. Mike, I'm going to take the Miami Hurricanes, and I'm not going to feel good about it. I'm never going to feel good about it. Um, they've recently named Malik Rozier their starter at quarterback, and I, and I think this is the the key decision that Mark Richt has to make that's going to make a bit of a an impact on how this season goes for Miami. I think this the the schedule works out very very nicely for them. The first five games they play against. Florida State and against a whole bunch of not a whole lot else. Um, And I think that's very, very convenient. They've got home against Bethune-Cookman at Arkansas State, at Florida State, home against Toledo, at Duke. So even if they lose to Florida State and they suffer the post-Florida State hangover, I don't think that Toledo or Duke is going to beat them. I think that worst case, you're talking about Miami entering October at 4-1. and At that point... The question becomes, can Malik Rozier hold up against the rest of the the defenses on that schedule? And I don't feel great that he can. I mean, he's been the backup to Brad Kaya the last couple of years, and therefore I'm fairly confident in labeling him a poor man's Brad Kaya. Um, But the offensive talent around him and the defense on the other side should be good enough. I think Miami is able to win the Coastal Division. I don't want Miami to win the Coastal Division. They are... You know, kind of public enemy number one. If you're talking about coastal teams, that's fine. But at the end of the day, yeah, realistically, I think the Hurricanes have to be the favorite in the coastal division. I don't mind Virginia Tech. I don't mind Georgia Tech. I don't even mind Pittsburgh that much. Maybe a little more than most. But ultimately, yeah, I think I'm taking Miami to win the coastal. I don't feel good about it, but I I think I have to realistically based on what they have coming back and what they have on their schedule. Fine. Yeah, fine. Yeah, 
Fine. Best I got. Okay. Well, let's move on so we don't have to talk about Miami anymore because I know that pained me hearing you say that, and I know it pained you talking about it. My skin is crawling right now. <laughs> How about an Atlantic Division champion? Ooh. Uh, so we talked about this here in the last couple of days. Uh, I think I'm going to take Florida State here. There's a lot of questions that Florida State's going to have to answer on the offensive side of the ball. How do they replace Dalvin Cook? Can they re- uh, protect DeAndre Francois? Can they have weapons on the outside other than several people who have left on that side of the ball? But that defense, as good as Clemson's defense is, I think Florida State's defense could be even better. They were really good for the back half of last year, and they add Derwin James back, and they lose basically nobody. So um, I I think that Florida State has all the makings to be a really, really dangerous team this year. Um, I think that they – the strength of schedule – is concerning, um, but largely because of the out-of-conference stuff. They've got uh, an Alabama opening week neutral site game as well as a game at Florida in the final week of the season. So they could go 10-2, and two, but that would mean they would run the table on the ACC, and I don't think anybody would be all that surprised by it. So um, I, I'm going to take Florida State here. Uh, I, I like them to win the Atlantic. I think that Clemson could kind of – be pesky, especially if that's the one loss they have in conference. I think that Clemson could jump up and win it. But I really like what I see from Florida State this year. I think that they're going to be able to get it done. So give me the Seminoles to win the Atlantic. Mike, what about you? So in my mind, there are really only four true teams who could win the Atlantic, and they're the four obvious four? ones. Four? So Florida State, Clemson, Louisville, and NC State. Those are the only four teams that have a chance to win the Atlantic Division. I'll allow it. Fine. Um, <laughs> fair. Um, Louisville has an offensive line that is, uh, how do I put it nicely, bad. Um, so I'm not going to pick them, even though they have Lamar Jackson, who's easily the most underhyped returning Heisman winner ever. Um, people are going to forget that he exists until, I don't know, like two days from now, so that'll be that'll be a lot of fun to watch. Um, so Louisville's going to be good. NC State, like Dave Doran's their coach, and they haven't exactly overachieved. So this is the year to do it. Like you have the pieces on offense and defense, as we as I talked about earlier, as you spoke of as well. They have the pieces to be a really really good team, but Dave Doran's their coach. So until he proves that he can win more than, like, say, six or seven games a year, it's really hard to pick them to win the division other than as a nice little dark horse pick. So it really comes down to Florida State and Clemson. I'm going to take the team with the quarterback that is a sure thing, and that's DeAndre Francois. Clemson has Kelly Bryant. Fine. That's that's nice. He's backed up Deshaun Watson. He's obviously got talent if he's playing at Clemson, but... Clemson's got so many question marks on offense. I liken them to Virginia Tech a good bit, except the better version of Virginia Tech. They don't have nearly the offensive talent returning that Florida State has. That's not to say that Florida State won't have their struggles. I think they will. But I think when it comes down to it, Florida State is the team to beat in the Atlantic, and they're my pick to win the division. Um, it, It could come down to that game that Florida State and Clemson plays later in the year to ultimately decide it, but... I'm going to side with the team that has less question marks. Florida State's defense is going to be one of the more... I don't I don't know how to really stack them up against Alabama. I guess we'll see in a few days. But 
it's unquestioned, at least on paper, that they are the most talented defense in the country outside of the Crimson Tide. As good as Clemson's defense is, I think Florida State's defense is better. I think Florida State's offense is better, even though they have plenty of question marks of their own. I think people just think that, oh, okay, Cam Akers comes in, the number one running back recruit in the country. Florida State's automatically going to run the ball. But then you remember, if Akers doesn't really pan out, or at least you know takes a little bit of time to get his feet under him, there are other options. Jock has Patrick, who has fumbling issues, and Jimbo Fisher has questioned his toughness in the past. So those are your two options, and that's a real concern, especially if Cam Akers can't run the ball well early. So Florida State's got plenty of question marks of their own. I'll take the team right now with a better defense and the proven quarterback in DeAndre Francois to win the division. I'll take Florida State. Realistically, I think it comes down to Florida State and Clemson in that division. Um, I don't trust Louisville's offensive line enough, and I think NC State, for as good of a team as they have, I'm I'm just not really sure that a Dave Doran coach team can overcome Jimbo Fisher and Dabo Swinney in the Atlantic. So I hate to agree with you, Joey, and just be a yes man, but give me Florida State. So we're on the same page here, Mike, and, and let me put it to you this way. If if I told you that the team that wins on November 11th in Death Valley between Florida State and Clemson is going to win the Atlantic, how quickly would you be willing to push back on that? Uh, I mean, not very hard. I, I mean, that that's for the division, right? Like, I that's, mean, that's, yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> I, that's got to be it, right? I mean, I don't. It just feels like it feels like Florida State and Clemson are so much more talented and so much better coached than anybody else in the Atlantic, and that's including a Louisville, that's including an NC State. I mean, it could happen with one of those teams, but Florida State and Clemson are really a, a pretty tall mountain to climb for anybody else to win this division. Yeah, I have trouble seeing it. And NC State, I mean, we talk about how tough Florida State's schedule is. I mean, NC State, they're a nice pick as a dark horse, but then you look at their schedule, and it is not fun um south carolina in the opener like south carolina is not that good but that's no cup of tea then you go on the road to florida state late september you have louisville at home but then you're at Pitt, at notre dame home against clemson in a uh, about a three-week stretch there's a bye week in there and a, and a short week as well but that's tough um and then you got the rivalry game with North Carolina at the end of the year. Anything can happen there. It's just not an easy schedule for NC State to navigate. I don't trust Louisville's offensive line. So, yeah, I think it really does come down to that Clemson-Florida State game in November. It's got to. So, Mike, you've got Florida State in the Atlantic and Virginia Tech in the Coastal. Who's your conference champion? Uh, my conference champion is Florida State. I, I just think they're the best. I think they're hands down the best team in the conference. I'm not really sure... You know, a lot of people like to say there's this debate between Florida State and Clemson, and maybe there is, but I think right now on paper, looking at it at the beginning of the year and looking at where Florida State is against other teams in the conference as a whole, Clemson's the closest team to them, but after that, I think there's a pretty significant drop-off. Um, I just don't see really a scenario, uh, unless Clemson beats Florida State in November, I don't, see there's a, I don't think there's a scenario where Florida State doesn't win the ACC because I think you get to a conference championship game and I put Florida State or Clemson up against any team in the Coastal Division any team and that's Miami that's Virginia Tech I don't think any team in the Coastal is close to what Clemson and Florida State have in the Atlantic um, and you know maybe 
Miami's a quarterback away. I mean, if Rozier comes out and he's really good, maybe I change my mind. If Virginia Tech comes out and they answer questions on offense, maybe they change my mind. But as it stands right now on paper, I don't think there's a team in the conference that can touch Florida State. And, you know, I'm of the opinion that they they could get into the college football playoff with two losses in a conference championship. I, I think that's perfectly feasible, especially with how their schedule sets up. If, if things happen how I see them, where Florida State wins the Atlantic and Miami wins the Coastal and they meet again in Charlotte, like you mentioned, I'm taking Florida State as well. I think Florida State has what it takes to win this conference. But the situation that you present, Mike, where Florida State is conference champions in 11-2, and two, I really have to like their chances at making the college football playoff, given what their schedule contains and who they would have to beat if they only lost two of them, even still, I mean, that is a murderer's row of teams, especially if they've beaten Miami twice. I, I Again, like I said, that's, I think, the best team in the Coastal, and if they've beat them twice, uh, plus Clemson, Florida, uh, Alabama, Louisville, all these, like, there's, there's only so many uh, teams that really could beat them, I think, that wouldn't be marquee wins the other way. Give me the Seminoles. I think the Seminoles win the the conference championship. I think they're going to the college football playoff, even with a two-loss schedule. This schedule just sets up uh, well enough for them that they have the talent on defense. They've got the quarterback. It's just a matter of can they keep him upright, and can he have guys around the quarterback to to keep this ball moving and and uh, and, and really take over the the conference and and the conf- the country as a whole. So give me Florida State. Uh, Mike, any uh, we got one more thing to talk about here, right? Uh, we do, but real quick, do you think Florida State is the only two-loss ACC team that could make it to the college football playoff? Um, I think so. I mean, the other one that we're talking about realistically is probably Clemson. Um, but I don't think Clemson's out-of-conference schedule lends itself. You know, between the out-of-conference schedule and the the division crossover game so florida state's got alabama florida and uh miami and they're they're out of conference and there's their conference crossover clemson's clemson has auburn south carolina and georgia tech and i i just don't think that stacks up in the same way that florida state's does so i think if clemson's going to the playoff again they have to be 12 and 1 come early december uh, otherwise, I think it's going to be a, a, just a, a maybe even a New Year's Six Bowl, and that's great. There's nothing wrong with that, but uh, I don't see them making the playoff with two losses this year if it's me. I think I do see Clemson making it with two losses, but I think the losses would have to be Auburn and Virginia Tech because if you if your second loss to so say you lose to Auburn in week 2 if your second loss ends up being in November to Florida State you're not playing in the conference championship anyway i think Florida State is going to the uh, is going to the conference championship game at that point so you could theoretically lose to Auburn lose to Virginia Tech but if you beat Louisville um, you beat NC State on the road you beat Florida State you get to the ACC championship game you beat Virginia Tech theoretically again I think Clemson likely has a strong case to make with two losses before before the calendar turns to October. So I'm interested to see how that ends up working out. But um, I think that's really the only way that this works out in Clemson's favor. 
I, I could see it, and I think the big way – first of all, I think it's a good point that they have to have their losses early. The big thing that I would want to see from Clemson making the playoff with two losses is you've got to be about the hottest team in the country come December. Um, you've got to just blow the wheels off of Georgia Tech, NC State on the road, Florida State, the Citadel, and a road game to South Carolina, plus the ACC championship – those last six games, if you were pretty convincingly winning all of those, I could see it as a two-loss Clemson team making the playoff this year. But I do think that that's a, a much more slim margin uh, of victory there, of them trying to get to the playoff with two losses versus what Florida State has up against. Is that fair? That's fair, and I think we get into a fair level of subjectivity at that point in time too, right? Because even if they don't win those games extremely convincingly, I mean, they got to win the games they're supposed to win in convincing fashion, but if they just beat Florida State and then, you know, blow out the Citadel, beat South Carolina pretty handily, win the ACC championship game, then it's going to come down to subjectivity. It's like, okay, well, you know, as as much as the college football playoff committee doesn't want to discuss this, I mean... Do you want to leave out a team that's trying to defend their national championship? And the counter argument could be, well, don't lose two games then. <laughs> but it's all about I, the know, ratings, Mike. Right, but for the sake of this argument, I mean, if Clemson, it, you know, hasn't lost in September, and their two losses are Auburn at home and on the road at Virginia Tech, and they end up beating Virginia Tech in a rematch theoretically in the conference championship game, and they win that game relatively handily. I, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, but I, you know, I, I have a hard time thinking the college football playoff committee at that point in time leaves them out just because they are defending national champions. They're two losses from a power conference. I mean, unless you have an undefeated team in the Big 12, you're probably getting in with two losses. Mike, the entire conference, we've got a pick player of the year. And I want to remind you that last year I picked none other than one uh, Lamar Jackson quarterback at Louisville. Lamar. Lamar, yeah. Uh, also known as Lamar Jackson, the Heisman Trophy winner, player of the year from Louisville. I nailed it. I'm really proud of it. I'm looking to repeat. But first, I'm going to let you take your pick. Who is your ACC player of the year in 2017? I hate to go chalk, but my, my ACC player of the year is actually not Lamar Jackson. It's DeAndre Francois. Too because easy. It's too easy. Uh, but I will say this. You know, historically with with awards and how they get handed out if you can find a reason to not give the same guy the award two years in a row you don't at least that's how it's always seems how it always seems to be Lamar Jackson won pretty much every award in the book last year (laughs) including ACC player of the year if he puts up a really strong season but they lose to Florida State, and Francois puts up a really strong season, and they're in the national title hunt. Francois is winning the ACC Player of the Year. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. It could be a variety of different players, but I think if Florida State is in the college football playoff hunt and Francois is having a good year, they're going to give it to the quarterback who's on the best team in the division or in the conference unless something crazy happens and we see another season like Lamar Jackson's last year. Mike, that's that's an easy pick, and I first of all, it's a good pick. I think DeAndre Francois, if he can get some help again from his offensive line and his skill players, I think he is set up to have a really, really strong season. I don't think Lamar Jackson can repeat. I think that's a good pick. That's not who I'm going to pick, though. Mike, ACC Player of the Year. I want to get your initial reaction. Give me Eric Dungy, quarterback at Syracuse. Oh man. 
Eric Dungey, get the hype train rolling out of the station. Here give we me, go. Give me Eric friggin' Dungey winning quarterback, you know, ACC player of the year out of Syracuse. That dude's going to throw for about 5,000 yards, run for another 500. I think he is going to run the most electric offense in the ACC. Defense be damned. Give me Eric Dungey out of Syracuse. I think he's going to get it done. That's maybe not a very responsible pick, but... Extremely irresponsible, but I love it. You know what? I love every bit of it. We are nothing if not bold on the Basketball Conference podcast here, so... Give me Eric Dungy, ACC Player of the Year in 2017. Make it happen, Dino. Make it happen, Eric. Let's see it. Let's name. <laughs> let's name. <laughs> let's name the opposite of ACC Player of the Year. Like let's name. <laughs> let's name a guy from a school who's not going to put up big stats, who's going to be a fan favorite. So, like an easy one would be like Sam Rogers at Virginia Tech last year, right? Like that's, that's a fun one. Right. I was going to go so, Kurt Benkert. Give me Kurt Benkert for ACC okay. Not Player of the Year. Cade Carney at Wake Forest. Let's go steaming Deeks. Dude, don't diss on Cade Carney. Cade Carney's pretty solid. He's fine. Yeah. Love you, Wake right. Forest. I, I am the Wake Forest advocate on this podcast, by the way, just so we're clear. Yeah, that that, fl- <laughs> that switch flipped relatively quickly, I'd say. <laughs> That's fair. I'll take it. Um, all right. Mike, you've got DeAndre Francois winning Player of the Year, Florida State beating Virginia Tech to win the conference, going to the playoff. I've got Eric Dungy winning ACC Player of the Year, Florida State beating Miami to win the conference, go to the playoff. Any last words before we uh, we take off and maybe start working on a week one preview? Um, let's make sure these predictions, these picks are put in a safe place. That way we can be really happy about them at season's end or we could be really sad about them and make fun of ourselves. Actually, how would you feel about me putting them in a very, very unsafe place that we might not never find them again? I mean, fine with me. I mean, that might be for the, the greater good that nobody knows about what we actually picked by the end of the season. But we'll see. Hear that, Eric Tunchy? <laughs> Eric Tunchy, you've got the world's expectations on you right now, just so that you know. I, I know that you're listening. So please do not stop anywhere short of 5,000 yards. I, I need that badly. Credibility and all that. Babers needs it too. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. All right, Mike, anything else before we get out of here? I think we're good. There's our official basketball conference 2017 season preview. There it is. We've done a lot of previews. This is the official, official preview. So it's done. It's, it's done. It is done. I feel like we're like digging the grave in the middle of like a thunderstorm in the middle of the night in a movie or something like that. It's over. It's done. We've we've completed it. We'll never think about it again. Uh, until week one. Yeah, it's coming up really quickly. Uh, Mike, this has been fun. We're going to get out of here. and We're going to go do uh, the week one preview, as you mentioned. Uh, but until then, the people can find us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel ACC. And together, we're at BC Podcast ACC. You can send us an email with your questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it, buddy. Hell yeah. Uh, you could also find us on iTunes, on Google Play, on SoundCloud, on Overcast, on Stitcher, apparently, maybe. I don't know. No promises. Uh, and Mike, where else can they find us on social medias? Facebook.com slash basketball conference. Rate, review, find all of our podcasts there. Yes, you can. Facebook.com slash basketball conference. Go find us there. 
Uh, but Mike, this has been a great time. Are you ready to discuss some real football here in just a few minutes? I am. All right, me too. Well, until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys for listening. Here's to a great season of ACC football. But until then, go ACC. Go ACC.